Welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about everything from emerging trends to regulatory pressures to marketing strategies. As the line begins to blur between food and beverage, consumers are looking for more than just hydration from their drinks. They also want function. But according to the market research firm Mintel, figuring out which benefits resonate with which consumers in which category is a challenge that has many manufacturers stumped. The result is an increasingly competitive landscape with more companies flooding the market with drinks that offer a variety of benefits and flavors and even textures in a near infinite number of permutations with the hope that something will catch consumers' attention and gain traction. To help even the odds of success, I caught up with Jenny Zegler, an associate director on Mintel's food and drink platform, at the Institute of Food Technologists' annual summit in New Orleans earlier this month. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, she shares which functions are emerging as winners in the beverage space and which categories are currying consumers' favor currently. Dan Forrest, who manages the Innovative Products Division at the ingredient, flavor, and blending company Pernova Group, also chimes in with what he sees as the next big winner in beverage. According to Zegler, the blurring between beverage categories and between beverage and food is a double-edged sword that brings opportunity, but also significant challenges. Something that we're starting to see more with um, what we call beverage blurring, just so many different categories answering almost every single need that consumers want. And so from a consumer landscape, you're thirsty. It's all you're looking for. You're not looking for, I'm thirsty, I only want a water. I'm thirsty, I only want a tea. And so they're not necessarily seeing those category lines anymore. And so they're just going for whatever might sound good or look good or is new or is different or maybe the same things that they've always drank. And so it really is just massive to see that change in the industry as we see so many different categories, maybe even providing the same flavors or providing different functionalities. And so it's really just this evolution of so much different assortment. And from a consumer landscape, that's beneficial. They get to choose, they get to have fun with what they're doing, or again, they could go to their same standard brands. There are some people who like that. Um, but from a category, or from a company landscape, it's so challenging to try to figure out what do people want, what can we mix, or like what flavors belong where, because consumers just don't care. They're just looking for something that seems like it tastes good, might be new, might be fun. And especially with some of those younger consumers who are really savvy on social media, they're really open to what's the newest brand out there, what's cool, what's different. And so that's where we see so much change and assortment going on. So what do consumers consider cool? Or if not cool, at least worthy addition to their daily diet. According to Zegler, consumers are interested in beverages that will support their gut health. And in particular, they want kombucha, but not just any kombucha. They want kombucha that is local and that packs a sour vinegary punch the, you know, kombuchas, which I always kind of, when we, they first came out, thought, oh, these are going to be niche. They taste kind of weird. Um, but when you get used to them and brands are creating them, there's so many more local brands as well. It's kind of like the non-alcoholic equivalent of craft beer, you know, because you've got that local brand because kombucha is kind of sensitive in terms of its formulation and how long it can stay fresh because of the refrigeration and fermentation. So it does make sense to have those local brands. Um, and so that functionality that consumers are also interested in, as we see 
see more people kind of recognizing the importance of gut health and looking to eat themselves well rather than having to take supplements. I think that kombucha category is growing. So that's also kicking off a whole new interest in sour flavors that, you know, especially for that younger generation, they're probably like the Sour Patch Kid <laughs> flavor lovers. And so they like that sour. But then we see that appealing to older age groups as well as they move away from sweet. And so that's kind of an emerging thing in terms of flavors. We see it in beer, we see it in kombucha, and I think we could start to see it in other flavors as well, or other categories, to give more of that flavor differentiation out there for consumers. Consumers also are turning to beverage for relaxation and stress relief. But while alcohol might have filled this niche in the past, modern consumers don't want to suffer the side effects of alcohol, and so are looking for other options. Uh, we see so many people right now saying that they are maxed in terms of what they're committed to or maybe they're stressed out by the news or the state of the world. And so they're looking in so many different parts of their lives for what they say or what we call self-care. So wait, different ways to take care of yourselves, which could be meditation, it could be yoga, but also a lot of functional food and drink opportunities there as well. And when it comes to drinks, that category that really answers that the most is the hot tea category. So, you know, think of your, your sleepy time tea and those types of things, but it's such a massive interest right now that I feel like we could be providing this across a lot of different places and a lot of different categories. So not only hot teas, but ready-to-drink teas. We could be looking at maybe some of those kombuchas. I think definitely something to watch potentially as we see it may or may not be legal, but CBD. Um, so one of the brands that I just love right now is the Recess brand. Um, so it's a flavored sparkling water, these beautiful pastel millennial colors. It's just designed so well. And it's designed to, I think, I can't remember what their tagline is, but it's something about, I think it's an antidote to modern times. And just the idea of recess, that if you are someone who's stressed out as a college student or as a working professional, or maybe as a really busy parent, just the concept of, oh wait, I could have recess in a can. I don't have to, you know, go out to the playground and <laughs> do all that. I think it's just such great branding. It includes hemp extract, so it's also uh, appealing to to that as well. So I think more of those types of brands that are bringing that escape in your daily life as you're feeling stressed or relaxed or need in need of relaxation could be really important. Um, and again, another reason why the, that category blurring is advantageous because it could be relaxation in the form of a ready-to-drink coffee, you know, something that you may already be having, or it could be something that maybe it's a great flavor profile that reminds you of the vacation you took, or maybe those great vacation photos someone else is posting on social media. So some other option for that. So I think that that's something that we need to continue to watch and start to match more formulations to just because it's something that continues to happen. And I don't think because of our constant news cycle and busy times and that technology connects us all to everything all the time. So you can get a work email at 9pm and all of a sudden you're snapped right back into work. This relaxation could be something that we see as a massive opportunity for beverages. CBD may be in the spotlight for its purported calming effect, but Zegler notes there are other ingredients that can deliver the benefit too. And in some cases, it isn't an ingredient at all, but rather the overall experience that sipping the beverage brings. 
I think there's a, a, a lot of different options there. It could be the ingredients, so something like CBD or adaptogens is a group of ingredients that we're seeing more, so that holy basil, medicinal mushrooms, um, amla, there's ashwagandha, all of these different kind of emerging ingredients, very hard to pronounce, um, <laughs> uh, are offering the, that functionality. And I think also, but think about chamomile and lavender and things that you would recognize from the hot tea category, things that consumers might be familiar with, or even from aromatherapy so we could match it in those functional ingredients we could match it in the flavors but it also could be that escape moment so when we think of the fact that people are doing more meditation or yoga is it just something that we give them that moment of calm so I think of it from the beauty landscape of the way the beauty has been able to establish these rituals and so could it just be that you know you drink decaf coffee maybe in the afternoon as your moment of escape and your moment of relaxation maybe you step away from your desk or take a break from the kids, whatever your daily schedule might be, that it's just part of that. So maybe it's not the functionality, it's not the flavor, but it's the fact that this is what I do. This is something I do to take care of myself. Much like we see people meditating or doing like different masks for beauty, there could just be one another element of their self-care routine is just enjoying this moment and taking that break. As important as relaxation is to consumers, energy is often more important, which is why Zegler says they continue to reach for beverages that can deliver an extra bump. But, she adds, consumers are becoming more sophisticated in their approach to energy and are looking for ingredients they can understand and recognize. People want energy and they need energy in their lives, but the traditional Red Bull monster energy drink is off-putting to some people. So they may be turning to coffee for that. You know, they're looking for more iced coffee flavors that give them maybe that moment of indulgence as well as that natural caffeine boost, because I think that's also something that some consumers are wary of. Uh, but that need for energy in so many different places and times could be matched by so many different places. So especially as we start to think of so many consumers focused on health and wellness, some people might need that energy boost to get to their workout, you know, to find that motivation or to get through their workout. And so could that be an energy water? Could it be an energy tea or that ready to drink coffee um, that's giving them that option, um, but not necessarily being that traditional alternative lifestyle energy drink that I think is a little bit of that stereotype. So definitely to diversify the energy benefits that are out there, I think is a huge opportunity because people are, as much as they're stressed, they're also tired. <laughs> and so I think just answering that in more categories and really potentially targeting that health and wellness consumer because they are dedicated to their workouts, but because of our busy schedules might not actually be able to get through it or maybe to get that endurance. And so I think that maybe pre-workout occasion or marketing to that option could really potentially attract a lot more consumers. One of the main things that we're seeing for con from consumers is still some of that clean label uh, preferences but mainly just those natural ingredients um, and recognizable ingredients. So caffeine does a great job because we recognize it, we know it, we know how that's going to affect us. Um, but we also see those diversification of the caffeine sources. So is it ca caffeine from coffee and it tastes like coffee? Is it coffee fruit caffeine? Is it L-theanine from green tea? Like what are the different sources or yerba mate as a potential one there? Um, so I think consumers are open to that. Those B vitamins I think still appeal, especially if we think about that pre-workout occasion. Um, so we could definitely see more of that diversification, but I think it's also what consumers recognize. So 
with some of that stress relief things, we're asking them to believe in a lot of things that are unfamiliar, but energy is one of those functionalities that you feel or you don't feel. And so I think that that's the more that we can give them something that they can believe in, but then they also feel that boost, we'll continue to get the loyal consumers and people who are coming back because we know there's a low energy crisis from a consumer level. So what are how are we answering that in terms of formulations? Are we giving them a lot of different options? Are we giving them ingredients that they can trust, that they don't feel that jitters that they might associate with certain formulations? And I think we could see more of that in terms of the formulations. Another emerging trend that ties together all of these trends, including energy, fitness, and relaxation, is the evolution of low or no alcohol beer specifically targeted at athletes as a post-workout source of hydration and a way to cool down. So one niche that I've been watching that I think is really interesting is this group of athletic or active consumers. And so we see so much more demand for health and wellness around so many different lifestyles. And yes, that's diet. But then there are people who are really focused on their workout regimen. They want to make sure that they're making better for you choices. And so what I think is really interesting is, yes, that means hydration. It means energy. It means protein drinks, the traditional things we associate with those people who are really focused on fitness. But now we're seeing craft brewers see an opportunity in this Um, and so Dogfish Head did an awesome job and has really attracted a lot of people um, with its Sequench Ale and Sequench is a sour ale um, that has really attracted a lot of attention from fitness publications for being something that's refreshing after you finish a workout Um, and we see this tradition of people you know doing 5k's or fun runs or whatever length they might be running and then you finish that with a beer and so now these beers are recognizing that and saying, well, what if we lowered the alcohol or maybe we make it no alcohol so that you don't have to worry about it being something that disrupts your fitness goals? Um, Or maybe we'll add electrolytes into it so it's got some sort of functionality or that sour flavor so it's a little bit of that, um, you know, kind of refreshing flavor so maybe something that fits hot weather and exercising outside. And so Dogfish Head has created another um, low alcohol beer for this occasion. Uh, Boston Beer has come out with a subset called Marathon Brewing that has this 26.2 brew that they used to brew just around the Boston Marathon time, but now they're expanding that nationwide. So it is a better for you beer, a lower alcohol. Um, And what's great about that is that their brewer is actually someone who runs marathons. So she is a consumer of this product herself. But then we also see actual craft breweries being founded upon this. So there's one out of Massachusetts called Athletic Brewing. Um, So it's all in the name. They make non-alcoholic beers really designed to be flavorful, uh, but something that you don't have to feel like you're losing out on that fitness commitment by drinking this beer. Um, So I think that really showcases that there's so many more categories in beverages that could tap into these athletic consumers. And it could be that functionality of electrolytes or protein or energy, yes, but it could just be a better for you formulation that they don't necessarily have to feel bad about or that it's going to set them back and what whatever their fitness goals might be. Consumers don't just want products that support their physical health. They also increasingly want products that support their cognitive health, according to Force, who noted that Pronova showcased at IFT a new ingredient that meets this demand. Cognitive nootropic is is really starting to pick up for us. So um, we're showing um, our new patent ingredient, Neurobloom, at IFT this year, um, seeing a lot of positive responses around that um, really firing off on uh, cognitive health in general, right? So 
Um, consumers are taking four, five, six things for their body to stay well and healthy. And we're seeing them now start thinking about the brain and what they can be taking to remain healthy there. Um, and that's really what this whole nootropic and cognitive space I think is about is, is not necessarily the Red Bulls and the immediate hits um, that's going to make you perform well in the next hour, but um, what's going to make your uh, brain wellness um, regimen, so more about what's going to make your, uh, what's going to make your brain function better in the long term. So Neurobloom is a, uh, so Neurobloom is a patented, clinically studied uh, cognitive health product. Uh, it's non-stim and it's really meant to be taken um, daily for long periods of time. So you would start to notice the effects of Neurobloom say after 60 days. Um, and really uh, our, our goal for the consumer is, is to start being long-term customers because we see benefits on our clinical studies going out before and six months. And in, in most cases, those benefits compound over that time. So um, the product is uh, produced, or so the, the patented formula pulls from six grass-approved ingredients uh, and uh, I'm going to be all jumbled around. So, um, so we discovered the product through Dr. Sean Watson, who is a neuroscientist, and is actually primarily focused on research in the Alzheimer's field. Now, NeuroBloom is Dr. Watson's push into dietary supplements to to uh, address overall cognitive health. Uh, and what Dr. Watson realizes is there's, one, there's not one single ingredient silver bullet for cognitive health, but rather it's a uh, blend of various clinically studied ingredients that have been proven on their own that he has found to have synergies and kind of a producing a one plus one equals three type of scenario. Um, so that's where the formula of Neurobloom came around. It's been clinically studied uh, and we have a published paper that's shown really positive results. Uh, and we have another study that's on the way. Um, and the, you know, the, really the goal again is to give more options to the consumer that are backed by science uh, that they can then use to, uh, uh, well, that gives them an option for uh, cognitive wellness. So our primary focus for NeuroBloom out of the gate would be beverage, uh, and then also capsule tablets and powders. Uh, food, we wouldn't rule food out entirely. Um, but I would, I would say early adapter market in the cognitive health field uh, in general, you know, I see it, I see it more um, proving itself in capsule and then quickly transitioning to beverage. I feel like if the brands are going to want to convert on the immediate potential, they're going to try to move to beverage pretty quickly, especially the way the functional beverage space is performing overall. Pernova also showcased at IFT beverage prototypes that underscored the trends Zegler already noted, including energy and relaxation. Force echoed Zegler, noting that consumers want a variety of different ingredients that support these functions, but they also want to recognize them. Offering the right function to the right consumer at the right format is no doubt a tall order, but it isn't the only hurdle that manufacturers playing in this space face. Zegler notes that as competition increases, manufacturers also need to ensure they are offering their beverage in the right place, 
and that they're building a brand that earns consumer loyalty beyond the key ingredients or flavors. Otherwise, they risk becoming a commodity product. There's so many new innovations. A lot of people are trying to try something new. Um, and we've got so much distri- so many distribution points for beverages that um, are we available wherever a consumer might be looking for us? Are we answering the functionality in the right place? You know, are we selling a relaxation beverage maybe on a ca- college campus and not, you know, in a general retailer? Like, how are we choosing to reach consumers could be a, a different uh, look at that. But I think it's we can see it in the craft brew industry in the U.S. There's just so many choices. And I think that that affects some consumers and just that overload of, I don't know, I can't make a decision. I think of it like the the Netflix paradox of, that's great, I've got a lot of choice, but like I still can't decide. (laughs) Um, So what are the recommendations I'm hearing? What are people telling me? What am I missing out on? And so there's a similar amount of clutter, I think, in in the beverage industry. And so there's a lot where people are just trying what they see and then maybe not going back to that brand. So I think a lot of brand building is that and also delivering on that taste and that functionality. I think that's the the issue with a lot of need for stress and relaxation. You can't feel it as much sometimes. It's not like that energy jolt where all of a sudden you're picked up. Um, So delivering on that or communicating to consumers that maybe it is like beauty where you need to establish this routine and over time you will feel feel better but you can't can't expect that immediate result. Um, So I think that that's just we are spoiled for choice right now (laughs) a lot of the times (laughs) and with that we reach the end of another episode of food navigator usa's soup to nuts podcast i hope you'll join us again for another installment next week and to make sure you remember i encourage you to subscribe to us on itunes until then this is elizabeth crawford wishing you a productive and profitable week (laughs) 